he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers. He says that you will remember God because he gives you power, power to get wealth. If he has given you power, he has given me power to get wealth. Why are we not getting the wealth? Have you stopped to ask yourself, why are we not living in affluence? Why are there lack all around us? Why can't we meet some basic needs if our Father, our God, said according to his promises to our fathers that he has given us, he has given us power to get wealth. What could be the, the missing link? In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive, then you shall receive them. Whatsoever you desire. How come we are not receiving some of the things that we pray about? How come the things that we prayed about and we believed, it seems they don't materialize? Could it be that we have laid down on the first condition in this promise, saying whatsoever you desire? Desire is a strong feeling of wanting. Do you get to that place of really wanting something? before you pray or you just pray because you think or you feel you just have to pray. It says whatsoever things you desire. Do you have strong feelings, strong wanting for finances, for progress in your finances? Do you have strong desire to be wealthy? It says whatsoever 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 you desire you desire you desire that desire should not be less important as pray and as believe and as receive it starts with a strong desire this month we have declared this month as our month of what? Of gaining financial momentum. Do you really desire it? Or it's another cliche for you. It's another thing. It's another thing that you just have to mumble here and there. Just talk about it. Our month of gaining financial momentum. Do you desire a change in your finances? Father, we thank you because we know as we go into your word this morning, you will not only enlighten our hearts, you will teach us and you will grant us grace to run with your word. Thank you, Father, because beyond desire, we will pray. We will desire, we will pray. We will come to the knowledge of the truth and we will run with this in the name of Jesus. 
Good morning, brethren, and welcome to the words segment of Start Your Day Right. I want to appreciate Reverend Paul for uh, laying uh, a good foundation and his teachings in the last two days. Today, basically, we'll be looking at your belief system. Your belief system. When we say uh, your belief system, we are basically saying that it is those things that they, they, you internalize. Your way of thinking, your way of processing information, your way of uh, uh, believing. You know, it, it is agreed that the belief system is the strongest force that affects the decisions you made on a daily basis. It's because of the way you internalize things, the way you process things, that is what affects your decision-making. It also affects the way you communicate to people. It affects what you communicate to people and how you communicate those things to people. When you are convinced or persuaded about a topic, you seem to want to communicate it forcefully. You seem to want to persuade people concerning it. You, or if you are not convinced about it, or depending on your belief system, how you believe concerning that topic, you might present it or pass it across casually, passively, subtly, or otherwise. You know, your belief system also goes a long way to determine how you respond to anything that happens to you in life. So your belief system, what you believe, how you believe, what is engraved in your heart and in your mind, it matters a lot. I was talking to a lady some days back and she was sharing an experience where he was with a friend and uh, uh, playfully, the guy, uh, I won't call it a slap because it wasn't a slap, said he hit her by the cheek with her, his palm. It wasn't painful. It wasn't meant to be a serious issue. But he said immediately the hand touched her. She landed the guy a dirty slap. You know, she had to hug the guy uh, to, 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 to pacify him. She now took time to ask herself a question. Why did I respond that way? Upon making findings, she discovered that over time, she had spoken to herself again and again. And she said to herself, if somebody slaps me, I will slap my own back. So even though the guy was not really slapping her, but her belief system interpreted that as a slap and responded swiftly. And responded swiftly. You see, on a daily basis, we get exposed to data. We get exposed to information. And it is these data that helps us to make judgments. These data, this information we get exposed to, these experiences we have on a daily basis, it helps us to develop some concepts. Uh, and it makes us to draw inference about life. Uh, and this will result into ideas. Uh, these ideas will be painted in our hearts as images. Uh, at times they will be engraved, they will be embossed, they will be born to our brain and our hearts. And we just find out that we are just responding 
we are responding. You see, we, people can easily predict how we will respond in some situations, uh, how we will respond to some certain things. Uh, you know, it, it's all about what you have internalized, how you have internalized some information. Uh, like I said, we are talking about your belief system. What are those things that you have internalized? What are those things that are major in your heart? You see, before there could be a belief, there must be two parties involved. One of the party is a believer, and that is you. Then the other party is uh, uh, the subject matter, which is the preposition. So there is the one that has to believe. And you know we are believing beings. Uh, we believe. We just believe. Uh, that is how we are, what we have been called in, into so you believe so you believe what you believe a preposition so this leads to to, to uh, a belief system concerning different areas of your life you have a belief system when it comes to money you have a belief system when it comes to marriage you have a belief system when it comes to work you have a belief system when it comes to family you know so we have belief systems in almost in every area of our life there are some that are subtle that you don't even know that you don't even realize that uh, that when you ask you begin to ask yourself uh, ah, why did i act this way like the lady in question there are some that you do intentionally because over time you have convinced yourself uh, about it you have convinced yourself about it so all these different uh, belief system uh, oh, they are interconnected with one another such that one can lead to the other, one can push, one can affect the other. That's why it's called a system. They work together. They work together. You know, they work together. Hallelujah. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 to 4, um, it, it says, Then all the community raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had perished in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us into this land only to kill us by the sword? And our wives and our children should become plundered. Wouldn't it be better for us to remain, to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. You see, when we look at the scripture, we don't know the import of that last statement. It says, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Which Egypt are they returning to? An Egypt where they have killed the firstborn of all the Egyptians. An Egypt where, because of them, God has drowned a, a, a lot of soldiers and their horsemen. An Egypt where they plundered the people, took their gold and went away. An Egypt where they allowed God to plague them with all kinds of plague. Is that the Egypt they were planning to return to? An Egypt where they left and they had to roam for like 40 years. Are they prepared to roam again for another 40 years to get back to Egypt? What could have left a people or allow a people to begin to think 
in this way, to begin to think on the path of self-destruct, to begin to think on the path of, uh, 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 of suicide mission, if not that their belief system, that which is deep, deeply seated in their heart, is not allowing them to reason well. Because I thought like this, they've spent 430 years in Egypt. They have had some experiences. Those experiences, they have come to believe those experiences such that all they want, all they see, all they can think about is only Egypt. They don't see themselves existing outside Egypt. They could not even think like this, that God that was able to drown the chariots and the horsemen of Pharaoh will give this land into our hands. Remember that it was when they were trying to cross to Canaan and the spies were sent. Those spies were leaders in each of the tribe and they were sent and 10 of them came and gave a bad report. And Joshua, Caleb, gave a different report. But those people decided to choose a report that was given by the 10, not undermining all that God had helped them to achieve, undermining all that they have gone through, all the miracles they've seen all before this time, undermining the fact that they are the apple of God's eye. That is what belief system can uh, push you into if they are negative. They lead to self-destruction. They self-sabotage you. So a lot of times, uh, uh, people are self-sabotaged because of their uh, belief system and they know not. And they just know not. Uh, the people gave, the spy gave a report. The people assimilated the report. I don't know uh, how much distance it is between when they were given the report and when they started crying. The very first verse of uh, uh, the next chapter said they started crying. They willed and they began to complain. They believed so much in what those people have said compared to what uh, they, God has done for them. A lot of times when we have tarried in a place for too long, we get convinced and convicted by our experiences. Our experiences, they tie us down. We come to accept it. We allow them to to, 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 to kind of uh, set a boundary or a barrier for us uh, on how we can move forward. So for those people, what do they think? What, uh, 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 when you mention Egypt, what comes to their mind? In Numbers chapter 14, no, Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 to 5, it says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them craved more desirable foods, and so the Israelites wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat freely in Egypt, the cucumber, the melon, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. For them, each time they remember Egypt, it is about the free fish. Each time they remember Egypt, it is about the garlic. It is about the cucumber. It is about what they eat. They never remember the slavery. They never remember the pain. They never remember those things that God has done, those miracles, the, the, the mighty hands of God that brought them out of slavery. They never remember the fact that they came out of slavery, slavery as rich people. They never remember that. 
because for a long time, for a long time, they have allowed this to run through their thoughts over and over, and it has formed a deep-seated system, belief system in their hearts. And because of this, Egypt was synonymous to good fish, free fish. Egypt was synonymous to kokumba. It was synonymous to melon. It was synonymous to onions and to garlic. That was all they could see because that was all they processed and they attached to it. So that's all they could see. And if you go forward, you find out that because of this, God wiped out a whole generation. Because of this, God wiped out a whole generation. He says that the Israelites had traveled, that's in Joshua chapter 5 verse 6, the Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until men who were old enough to fight in the battle when they left Egypt had died. They had to travel for 40 years for a generation of unbelief, for a generation of a particular belief system to be wiped off so that the next generation will not carry this kind of belief system, will not believe like they did. And they did what? They traveled for 40 years. Recently, I think it was this week, I discovered that, you know, those are part of the belief system that we also have. We have read the Bible, we know they traveled for 40 years, and then you are uh, uh, mentally calculating. If they have traveled for 40 years, that means Egypt is far away from Israel. You know, you just mentally agree. And then somehow you work with that in your thoughts. You work with that in everything that you do. Only for me to discover that by plane, Israel to Egypt is just 20 minutes. And if you go by bus, it is seven hours. Bus or car, it is seven hours. And if you decide to tread from Israel to Egypt, it is just 40 days. And these guys, they used 40 years, 40 solid years, and they were prepared to go back 40 years because they wanted to go and eat fish. They wanted to go and eat cucumber. They wanted to go and eat garlic, and they wanted to go and eat onions. Hallelujah. My question this morning is this. When you hear money, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? When you hear finances, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? When you hear wealth, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? When a prayer is being said, like we just finished praying, do you see yourself inclusive in that prayer? Or you are the one that is outside praying for the brethren? Praying for the brethren. He says he gives us power to get wealth. So you are there. Let us pray for the brethren. Brother Patrick was raising the prayer point. So you are there. You are seeing the brethren. You are seeing the church. You are not seeing yourself included in that prayer but you are praying for the brethren and then you keep asking the question why is it not happening in my life what comes to mind are you like the egyptian uh, the, the israelite that when you call egypt they think about kukumba what do you think about we have tagged this month that this month is the month of gaining financial momentum have you thought through it have you desired that there's going to be a change? We can come here and pray all we can. 
We can gather and pray all we can. But the Bible says when you desire, you pray. We come here, we pray corporately, but you don't desire. Oh, I, I don't know if I should mention the name of the brother. Some months back, we were discussing before I left Nigeria. And he said to me, he said, ah, how come? How come it is unbeliever that has affluence? That it possible, as, as in we Christian, we have to be wealthy in the same proportion so that we can propagate the gospel, so that we can push money into the gospel. And at that time, he was pursuing a contract, and that contract clicked. What was it? He all, all his desire during that discussion, I was just looking at him, and I was happy. Because all he was just saying is, no, as a Christian, we must have stupendous wealth to contribute into uh, uh, the kingdom of God. What is your belief system when it comes to finances? What are your targets for this period? I remember some uh, weeks ago, I, I started a free project and I said, I want to save social so amount by the end of the month. I told my wife, I told my kids, and I have not started praying. I just said, I'm going to look for scriptures. But I kept saying it again and again. I kept reminding them at every point in time. There was somebody else I was talking to. I kept remind, reminding that person. The person also was going to do a faith project, so we were comparing notes. I kept reminding the person. I think three weeks or, or thereabouts, some things worked out, and I saw that by the end of the month, I will by the end of the year, I will be able to save that much. So I said to myself, if it's clear, let me up it again. I upped it by fifty percent, and in less than two weeks again. Some things worked out and it still became visible that by end of the month, I will be able to do, by end of the year, I'll be able to do that again. I now topped it. I'm not looking for scripture. I'm just desiring. I now topped it. I said, when in the faith project, it has to be something that I cannot do. As long as uh, 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 things keep changing and it keeps driving me towards that point that I can do it, I will keep increasing it until I get to the point where my total dependency will be on God. What are your thoughts, your first reaction when you hear money, when you hear finance? Because all those months we can teach and if you don't desire, if you don't have plans, if you don't make up your mind to put what will be said into practice, if you don't come opening up your heart and desiring a, a, a change in your finances, you might just find out that we'll end up talking, we'll end up teaching, we'll end up uh, 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 sharing God's word. And at the end of the day, nothing will happen to your finances. Nothing. For some of you, you just believe that you cannot be wealthy. I remember years back when it, it was laid on my heart that I was going to get 20 million naira. I shrink. I, I, my heart could not carry it. And I know that was why the money did not come. I could not comprehend 20 million. How? 
as in i'm not even thinking about how it's going to come i'm just thinking how can i have 20 million how will i be able to manage 20 million that was years back when you think of wealth do you see yourself when you see a beautiful house do you look at the beautiful gorgeous mansion and say it's for them when reverend says that God is going to raise millionaires and billionaires in Kingsville Church. Do you say amen because you see yourself included in the equation? Or you just say amen because you want billionaires or you are, 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 are siding with Reverend? You are agreeing with him that God will raise billionaires and millionaires in Kingsville Church. What are the belief systems that you have concerning money? What are the belief systems that you have concerning money? In Psalm 112, verse 3, he says, You don't, you, you know, for some people, you feel you don't deserve to be wealthy. He says, Wealth and riches will be in your house. Wealth and riches will be where? In your house. So you should not only desire it, you should know that you deserve it because God has made it available. God has made it available. It is God that gives us power. It is God that gives us power to make wealth. Do you see our president-elect? Do you know the kind of money that he has? But do you know that a believer can has or can have such an amount of money? riches, stupendous wealth, and not for dishonest people, or it's not only dishonest people that have stupendous wealth. So as we go through this month, I want you to begin to realign your heart. I want you to begin to realign your heart. I, I want you to begin to understand that there needs to be a change. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Why was God saying this? Why will God bring thoughts and ways together? The more you think about something, the more you believe in it, and the more it creates the path that you will follow. So if you want to your ways to be like the ways of God when it comes to finances, abundance, then you must think his thoughts. Because when you think his thoughts, you will believe like he, he, he believes. And then your ways will be like his ways. And what are his thoughts? His thoughts are his promises in the scriptures. So just pick up the scriptures. Look for scriptures concerning finances. And dwell. Dwell on it. Dwell on it. Spend time with it until you are convinced. Spend time with it until you are convinced. Spend time with it until you are convinced. And then go out. Trust in him. And then see what God will do. You, you see, you can make it a challenge that this month, because one of the things I believe, when a pastor comes up with a team or is teaching in a particular direction, it's not just his thoughts. Even if it is his thoughts, God will walk through that thought. So I believe concerning finances, there is something that God is preparing and arranging for this season. So will you key in? Will you 
take time to go and process yourself and ask yourself questions. What do I believe? And begin to replace those beliefs with God's thoughts and God's plans for you. And you will see that this month, financially, will be different for you. And things will fall into place. Forget about those experiences in Egypt. Forget about those fish. God wants to give you beyond fish and beyond cucumbers. He wants to place treasures. He wants you to control millions and billions. He wants you to be able to give at will. To be able to fulfill that desire and support God's word and support people. He wants you to have. So this month, it's a challenge. Set your heart right. Change your belief system. Walk with God's word. Listen to the message. Apply the message and trust God. Desire it so that when we pray, you believe it and then you will receive it. I trust God that this month, like we have prayed about it, death will be cancelled. Death will be cancelled. Death will be cancelled. Death will be cancelled. As we realign our hearts to God's word, we will see results in the area of our finances. We will have ideas. We will know how to profit and to prosper with this. And every of our labor will bring profit in hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Thank you for staying with me this morning and have a beautiful day. See you in the evening for our Bible study at 6.45. God bless you.